You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can check us all out on Twitter at Walker Mail. Nod will be on Twitter at Nod of the Scribe. And Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson LOH. You can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Locked On Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets play the Houston Rockets for the first time this season. It's one of two matchups that they still have to go against Houston. Not exactly the Golden State juggernaut that you have to face twice, including that game that they just came off of, where it was close for a while, but in the end, Golden State able to pull away in that fourth quarter. Houston, obviously a very good basketball team, but still, it's a team that's lost quite a few games. You, you look at their schedule and who they've lost to. They lost to the Nets earlier this month. I think it was actually January when they lost to them in overtime. They lost to the Orlando Magic on the road. That was in January as well. They lost to New Orleans at the end of January. They are coming off a loss on the road to the L.A. Lakers. They beat Golden State. They beat Atlanta. But just three games ago, they did lose on the road to the L.A. Lakers. And that Lakers team is in all kinds of trouble. So this is a team that is beatable. This is not a Golden State team. This isn't the Houston that you might have in your mind from just last season. Obviously, a couple of different changes that they have. The bad part is, is that you face them in a bad part of the schedule with Chris Paul back, even though James Harden really kept them afloat during the Chris Paul and Clint Capella injuries. Clint Capella is back. Chris Paul is back. Kenneth Fareed is playing well. So you are getting this team at a pretty bad time as far as everybody being able to come back from injury. Now they get Clint Capella back, who has been very good the last three games for them. And this is somebody that comes back and gets thrown into the fire immediately again, kind of like how the Hornets utilized Cody Zeller when he came back from injury. Cody Zeller was thrown right in the fire. There was no trying to bring him along, make him be able to catch his breath a little bit, kind of knock off the rust before he gets into a rhythm. He was thrown out there immediately. Clint Capella, first game back in really about a month's time that he missed with Houston. 33 minutes, 28 minutes, 34. So Clint Capella right back immediately into the rotation, playing heavy minutes. Of course, you know Clint Capella's game. It's a guy that dunks the basketball quite a bit. Six of nine, four of eight, six of eight. So a good field goal percentage that Clint Capella is posting in his last three games. And some pretty good rebound numbers. 11, 15, and eight in the last three contests that he played. But one guy that could give Clint Capella quite a competition here is Cody Zeller. And the way that Cody Zeller has played ever since he's came back from injury, perhaps we haven't talked about it enough. I know Doug likes to say he's tired of all of the stats that don't show up on the box score. Well, he's been giving them to you, and it wasn't just against the Golden State Warriors. You look at what Cody Zeller has been giving you just the past month. So he's been back since February 5th. We're at February 27th as of this recording, so about a month's worth of games or so. And you've seen Cody average just this month 13.5 points, which that would be a career high for Cody if that was something that was able to take place over the course of a regular season. And he's averaging 9.5 rebounds, 9.6 to be exact. And that would be a career high for Cody. So he's having a phenomenal month. You heard James Borrego discuss that he had his best game against the Brooklyn Nets, which was kind of weird because he only went 3 of 9. Did score 13 points because he went to the foul line 8 times. Hit seven of them. Still, it didn't it didn't resonate to me as Cody Zeller's best game. Certainly, the Golden State one did. When you go 13 of 14 and Eric Collins is pining for you to not have that one missed field goal because it was knocked out of his hands before he really even had a shot to throw it at the basket, that's how you know 
that Cody Zeller put up his best game, and it was against the best opponent in all of the NBA. I will say you look at some of the struggles that the Houston Rockets have had against the Hornets the last couple of seasons. Now, they haven't had struggles as far as allowing them to lose, right? I mean, this has been a team that has only lost twice in the last 10 games to Charlotte. Houston does very well against the Hornets, and they beat them both times that they played last year. But you just look at what the Hornets were able to do against the Rockets last season, and their two meetings that they played, it was the big man that did pretty well. So Dwight Howard... He went 7 of 13 with 19 points, and he did have 16 rebounds in that first game that they played at home. And then you look at what they were able to do on the road against the Houston Rockets last season. Dwight Howard puts up another pretty good stat line. He goes for 26 points, and he goes for 18 rebounds. Cody Zeller, Dwight Howard, very different basketball players. There's a lot of things that are different about both of these teams. So it's pretty tough to try to take what you saw last year and apply it to this season. But you did see the big man actually do well against that basketball team, against Houston, and that was with Clint Capella playing Cody Zeller more mobile than what Dwight Howard is. Maybe you can keep on feeding Cody Zeller. No, he's not going to be able to leave DeMarcus Cousins or leave Clint Capella in the dust like he did DeMarcus Cousins against Golden State, going up against a way better defender. But you look at the team as a whole, and this is a team that only ranks 27th in the league in rebounds per game. You look at what the Hornets are able to do with Cody Zeller back averaging nine and a half a game himself, maybe Cody Zeller has a chance to continue on what has been a very impressive recent stretch. Hornets not a great rebounding team, only ranking 22nd in the league in rebounds per game, but still you do get Cody Zeller. You did miss him for a month. Clint Capella was missed for a month for Houston, so possibly their absences are to blame for the lack of rebounding numbers. So both of them come back, each of the Charlotte Hornets and the Houston Rockets. They both get their big guys back, and that should be a battle. That would be one of the more interesting matchups, I think, to watch with Clint Capella coming back and Cody Zeller playing some pretty good basketball. Going solo today, as you can tell, so I'm doing the show from the Essex Home Studios at 7.30 The Game, ESPN Charlotte. But again, always want to give a shout-out to Gittimer.com. And if you're in sales and you need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. I want to talk about Cody Zeller a little bit more, and I had a chance to talk with him on the wake-up call earlier this morning and ask him about if he's paying attention to the other team's records and just basically what he's enduring right now with yet another playoff push on his resume as a member of the Charlotte Hornets. You find yourself in this territory all too often as a Charlotte Hornet fan, and he the same way as a Charlotte Hornets player. So stick around for some Cody Zeller audio on the other side of the break. It's Walker Mail here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Did he go with Myers Leonard as his first comparison as a big man hitting from the three-point line? Oh, Funny. did I say Leonard? I meant uh, Miles Turner. Okay, <laughs> you did. I think okay. you said Miles Leonard. That was Leonard. on me. Just sorry about that. That's a bad mistake. I know when I think shooting big men, Myers Leonard is the first guy that comes to mind. Absolutely. I was thinking Steve Clifford and I might be Hot the shot. same wavelength. Hot shot, there. Myers Leonard. <laughs> that's, that's his nickname. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thanks for joining us once again here on the Locked On Hornets podcast, Locked On Podcast Network. If you like listening to this show, 
You should also check out Locked On Panthers. Host Bill Rossetti is keeping you updated on all things Panthers. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can just search Locked On Panthers. And we're proud to be a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering the biggest local stories in every single market. NFL draft fast approaching. It's combine week. Underwear Olympics, as everybody likes to call it. So everybody kind of freaking out. At Kyler Murray's size, what he's going to be if you're a Carolina Panthers fan, probably taking a look at some of the athletic attributes of the defensive ends. Looks like that's where the Carolina Panthers are going to look. Maybe an offensive lineman, but who knows? The Carolina Panthers probably will go with one of those two positions, and I would think a defensive end. No, that's what I'm looking at. So a lot of mock drafts about to hit your timeline. NFL draft season coming up soon, and you should catch Locked On Panthers if you're a Carolina fan. And uh, host Bill Rossetti, again, keeping you updated on all things Carolina Panthers. Again, talking about Cody Zeller and his impressive stretch that we've seen from him over the course of really this entire month. I know Golden State, it caught everybody by surprise possibly, but Cody being able to put up that many points against the Golden State Warriors, DeMarcus Cousins just defensively had no answer for Cody and his ability to get to the basket. I asked Cody what was clicking for him in particular, just this little stretch of games that he's been doing so well, and here's what he had to say. For one, I feel healthy, uh, which I, I haven't felt uh, all year. I felt this great, so uh, to be all-star break is good for me. And um, you know, even my my hand injury was kind of a blessing in disguise. Just so I kind of get healthy and get back into good shape. And um, yeah, I mean, these are the, the fun games to to play each year, just because uh, there's only a handful of games left, and uh, we're in this playoff push, so every game is important for us. You know, that's been such a problem with Cody Zeller over the course of his career, just has not been able to stay healthy. You know, somebody that has missed quite a few games. We all know about the Cody Zeller stat a couple of years ago. They went something like 3-17 and 17 when he was absent. It was somebody that plays more, normally about 60 games per season. He's going to be on that pace once again. You know, somebody that absolutely has an injury history. You look at the games played in 2017-2018, it was only 33 you know, you look at the games that he played 2016-2017, it was only 62 games that he played. Did play 73 the year prior to that, so that's a little bit more where you want Cody to be hitting. But Cody just really attributing it to him being healthy this season. Just being able to go out there on the basketball court and play. Somebody that has, he, he's doing a good job this month. And I asked Cody about just the playoff push that he's undergoing right now, a familiar territory that Cody finds himself in being on this team. And I asked him about paying attention to the other team's records, how much he's actually keeping up to date with what other teams are doing. And here's Cody Zeller's response. About this time of year, you can start keeping track of, you know, how close you are in the playoff push and how other teams are doing compared to us. And, um, but yeah, like you said, each game is you kind of take it one game at a time, but each game is important for us and, uh, especially around that, you know, seventh or eighth seed, there's there's really no room for error for us. So, um, so yeah, but as, as competitors, these are the, the games that we want to play in. I would rather, as a fan, you not play in these games. I'd rather you play in games that are going to get you even further into the postseason, not the ones that are hinging for dear life. <laughs> but as a player, you know that these thing, these types of games, they mean everything to Cody and all of the players here. And so, just a couple of other things to hit. For the Charlotte Hornets, you saw Marvin Williams. It was somebody that was doubtful for this game coming into Houston, but now they've upgraded his status to probable. And Rick Bunnell, I saw a tweet out that Marvin Williams said, oh, I'm going to play. One question about it. So Marvin Williams, it looked like that we might have to have a different lineup change. Now, I didn't know whether they were going to move Jeremy Lamb back to the two 
and Nick Batum back to the three and have Miles Bridges play four. I wondered if that was going to be the starting lineup that they would implement or if they were just going to have MKG plug in for Marvin Williams if he was going to be out. You know, which one of those two starting lineups were they going to put? I think in that scenario, the lineup that I would like to see, it kind of makes sense to leave Miles in there and then maybe put Jeremy Lamb because that's the next best player and you're putting him on the bench. But defensively, that's a hell of a lineup that you put out with MKG at the four. So you go with MKG putting out, getting him out there, or maybe not MKG at the four, but just Miles Bridges, MKG, just everybody being able to switch so well. Cody, obviously the biggest guy at the five position, but defensively you have Kimba, you have Nick, MKG, Miles, and Cody. That's a lot of versatility that you'd be dealing with. And Nada, I know, says the Steve Clifford message all the time that when you put your starting five together, it should be your best defensive five. I think that would look, it would look a lot like that. I think your best defensive five, certainly with Kimba Walker being cemented in the starting lineup, so you put Kimba out there. I think your best defensive five, I think it would look an awful lot like putting Cody Zeller at the five. If you wanted to make a case for Bismack, okay, but I just think Cody, certainly the better package overall. So putting together Cody Zeller at the five, Miles Bridges, MKG, Nick Batum, that being your starting five, I would like to see how that works defensively. And going up against a good team like Houston, now it's not like they're crazy as far as scoring their points per game, uh, leading the league in that category. I think they rank something like 11th, so they might not even be in the top 10, but they obviously are a very good offensive team. Saw Chris Kroger just tweet out that they get the least amount of points in mid-range territory, which can't surprise you. We all know the Mike D'Antoni philosophy, but it's 96.4% they get their offense either from three-pointers in the paint or from free throws. So just about 4% do they get the rest of their offense from from the mid-range game. And that's insane. And I know where the basketball is heading. And I know where it is right now. It's it's here. But Mike D'Antoni going to the extreme. And so you have to figure out how you're going to defend this basketball team now with Chris Paul back in the mix. Like we said, Clint Capella. And they're not terribly efficient all the way around. P.J. Tucker not having a good field goal percentage season. Neither is Eric Gordon. P.J. hitting fine from three-point range, about 36%. But Eric Gordon is not having all that great of a year coming off of the bench. They have been playing a lot better, though. And Kenneth Fareed, that's a guy that has been a pretty nice matchup, a pretty nice find for them. You know, Daryl Morey having to adjust his team on the fly because Carmelo Anthony in the 10 games that he played, that was a massive disappointment. I don't know if you had any kind of expectations for Carmelo being on the Houston Rockets. I actually thought that if there was any team that would be okay for Carmelo, I thought it'd be playing with LeBron in LA just because LeBron, if anybody's able to get the most out of Carmelo, one of his boys, I would say that it would be LeBron. But also I thought that style for Houston might work. I thought if Houston would just say, okay, Carmelo, just give us some type of effort. I know you're not going to be good on the defensive end, but just try maybe, and then we'll let you chuck threes all day long. I thought that actually would work for him, but Carmelo would actually take dribbles inside the three-point line, and the man just loves the traditional basketball going to the mid-range part of things. And so while that was a massive disappointment, now you have Daryl Morey trying to find guys in the buyout market. So he gets Kenneth Fareed, who Kenneth Fareed is doing well. On only about one three-point attempt per game, Fareed has taken, so not nearly a big enough sample size. It's not like this guy is chucking from deep all the time. But Kenneth Fareed actually shooting 46% from three-point land when he actually does take them. Not too bad. 
So this is that's been somebody that's really helped them. And their front court depth, when you lose somebody like Clint Capella, being able to find Kenneth Fareed, and, oh, he's going to be a part of that rotation. Houston Rockets might be a little bit scarier than we once thought at the beginning of this season when it comes to postseason time. Of course, hoping the Hornets can get this done tonight. We all know how critical that game was against the Brooklyn Nets that they eventually dropped. That was a tough one. And again, Houston is beatable. But you know, having to face them again, having to face Golden State again, if you look at Tankathon, it actually did drop the Charlotte Hornets' schedule, the strength of their schedule, to third in the league now. And I think Brooklyn actually climbs a spot ahead of the Charlotte Hornets and their strength of schedule and how tough it is. So that's barely any kind of good news, but you still have a really tough slate of games to go. And that's why the Hornets went down swinging so hard against the Nets. They needed that badly because you knew Golden State was going to be an L. You figure Houston is going to be an L, even though I think there is a shot that they can win at home tonight. That would be big. If you're looking to steal a game, to make up for that Brooklyn Nets game, maybe Houston is the one that you can steal. Maybe that's the one that you can do. I talked about a couple of episodes ago, just any one of the positives that you can try to pick from this post-All-Star break schedule. It was that they had 13 home games compared to their 12 away games. Can you take care of a home game tonight? Can you try to beat the Houston Rockets? Is that something that you can steal a game away from a team that certainly is better than you, certainly in the Western Conference, which they've had a bad record against? I think they've only had just a few wins against teams in the Western Conference. Can you steal that game? Because I think that's what we would consider a steal victory. If you can get that one, it would make up for the Brooklyn Nets loss. And then you could get back rolling. Because Orlando gave you a little bit of a present last night. Orlando loses to the New York Knicks. So the Knicks, post-All-Star break, have actually done a couple of good things. Knicks beat the Orlando Magic. After the Magic came out, I think with like a 34-20 lead in the first half. Orlando had that lead. But the bench gets outscored something like 70. I know that the Magic only had about seven points scored from their bench. And the New York Knicks, I think they had about four guys that scored at least 13. Henry Ellenson decides to show up for a basketball team after not doing a whole lot for the Detroit Pistons at all in his young career. You have a few guys reach 17 and 18. So the Orlando Magic, they gave the Charlotte Hornets a present. They lose. So that's big. Hornets still claiming on to that eighth spot, at least right now. You got to take advantage of this. Hopefully that they can beat the Houston Rockets and then you play the Nets again on Friday. Can you beat the Houston Rockets? Can you steal that victory? Because you got to steal a couple. Houston would be a really good start. And then you have to take care of business against the Nets. You couldn't take care of it at home. You lost on the road to them the day after Christmas in overtime. That was a brutal loss. That one really hurt you. Can you take care of Houston tonight? And can you take care of the Nets? And I think we'd be feeling very differently about their playoff odds. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back with our last segment of the show. Thanks again for joining us here. It's LOH on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets Podcast. <laughs> now, here's the funny part. I was listening to this to prep it for the show, and um, my wife walks in and was like, what are you yeah. listening right to? That's a little scary cool. if, if you don't have the context. If you walk in and you start hearing that, yeah. that's Darth Vader. I didn't have pants on. That didn't help <laughs> yeah, either. No, that's... Um, it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
wrapping up here today on the Locked On Hornets podcast, Locked On Podcast Network. Charlotte Hornets, they play again. The Houston Rockets tonight desperately need this one. Rockets are going to be safely and securely in the postseason at the end of this. It's not going to be the same situation for the Charlotte Hornets. They did get some help from the Orlando Magic. Now you need some help from Brooklyn. Miami is a team that they have not played well. They've lost three in a row, and they lost to the Phoenix Suns the other day. They lost to Phoenix. They lost to Detroit, another team that the Hornets have to worry about. So there are quite a few teams that the Hornets have to worry about. Not at the top of the Eastern Conference, though. You can't expect too many of those teams to continue to free fall. I thought maybe Indiana was a team that might free fall because of Victor Oladipo's absence. That certainly has not been the case. How about Indiana? Coach of the year discussion, Nate McMillan, I think, is starting to pick up a little bit more steam in the coach of the year award conversation. Mike Malone for Denver is a guy that could get it. Mike Budenholzer, Boots, could get it for Milwaukee. Nate McMillan. The Pacers holding on to the three seed right now. Eight and two in their last ten. They did just lose to the Detroit Pistons. So that's not a great loss for you. But their only other loss that came anytime recently was against the Milwaukee Bucks, the best team in the Eastern Conference at this moment. I mean, they've been rolling. And so if you pinned Boston and Philadelphia, that would be fascinating in the first round. And you have some audio that's interesting to hear from the Boston Celtics side of things. Perhaps some trouble in paradise for old Brad Stevens and Kyrie Irving. Haven't heard a ton, at least, from Brad Stevens. Up until now, Brad Stevens said there's too many shortcuts being taken by that Boston Celtics defense. The reality is is that we're taking a lot of shortcuts and, and not being as solid as we have been in the past in the last two games. I thought we were really good against Milwaukee, so it's not like we don't know what we need to do, but we just, for whatever reason, have taken too many shortcuts. And You, know, you can't do that against any team, uh, and certainly tonight um, they exposed us and played great. Kyrie Irving was asked what he thought about Brad Stevens' comments. Brad talked about just defensively, guys been taking shortcuts. So do you see that, and how do you guys fix things like that at this point in the season, you feel like? I don't know. It's up to Brad. He gone. Now you have Kyrie Irving having problems with the head coach and Brad Stevens. And we had seen this from the Boston Celtics earlier this year. I think when we heard about all the young player comments that were coming from Jalen Brown about some of the problems that they were having within the locker room or just playing together. The Boston Celtics are massively disappointing. Now, they're not falling out of the playoffs by any stretch, but them as the fifth seed, I don't think anybody expected that to be the case. And so at the beginning of the season, everybody had the Boston Celtics winning that Eastern Conference. Bill Simmons was out here repping his team, saying they were going to win 67 times this season. They were going to run through the Eastern Conference. Problem is, is everybody got better around them. The Toronto Raptors, they get Kawhi Leonard and get a steal of a throw-in in Danny Green. Philadelphia trades for Jimmy Butler at the beginning of the season. You have Milwaukee getting Budenholzer at the beginning of the season. That's really their big acquisition. And the Boston Celtics are cool. We got Gordon Hayward coming back, and we're hoping that he can be some type of player that he was before that injury and what he gave you in Utah. Oh, and we got Kyrie Irving coming back. We made the Eastern Conference Finals and came away within just eight points of going to the NBA Finals without Kyrie Irving and without Gordon Hayward. That's going to be our big two acquisitions. Nobody's going to mess with us. But all those teams get better, and not only better at the beginning of the season, but better at the trade deadline. 
So you have Toronto going out and getting Marcus All and Jeremy Lin on the buyout market. The Bucks get Nikola Miritich so they can play any type of basketball that you want to. And Philadelphia, they go out and get Tobias Harris. Now outside of Golden State, they probably have the second best starting five in all of the NBA. And the Boston Celtics trade Jabari Bird. So they're going to be sitting right now in the fifth seed because the Indiana Pacers continue to hold on to the third seed. Zach Lowe joined Get Up this morning, trying to remind everybody that Indiana is still holding on despite not having Victor Oladipo. So Victor Oladipo, even without him, Indiana is still holding on to that third seed. And the way that you tie this all with the Charlotte Hornets is let's just say that the Charlotte Hornets found a way to get to the sixth seed. It's why that game against the Brooklyn Nets was so important because Brooklyn had been reeling a little bit. And so when you played Brooklyn at home, that was a game that you could take advantage of. Possibly flirt with that sixth seed. I don't think anybody would have expected it. I don't think you're betting on it, but it was still a possibility. I guess it still is a possibility, but let's say you could get that sixth seed, then maybe all of a sudden making the playoffs as the sixth seed and Indiana finds a way to hold on to the three seed, not saying that they would beat Indiana in a series, but I think you would like to see what could happen. Everybody likes to make the point of, oh, well, isn't tanking better than just making it to the first round and getting swept by some of the best teams in the Eastern Conference? Okay, I'd, I'd like to see Indiana and Charlotte. I think Indiana would win. But I'd like to see that. And also the way that if that were to be set up like that, let's say that Indiana does find a way to hold on to be the three seed, just not even affecting Charlotte. Look at how that affects the Eastern Conference because Boston and Philadelphia, if it holds true, would be facing off in the first round. That would be... A huge series. We're talking about free agents staying with the teams based on the success that they have in the postseason. So if Philadelphia drops that series to the Boston Celtics, and the Boston Celtics have destroyed Philadelphia, they own them. Al Horford owns Joel Embiid. So let's say that that comes to fruition again, and Philadelphia loses. Does that mean Jimmy Butler's gone and Tobias Harris is gone? And that means you traded the Miami pick and Landry Shamit? and Robert Covington and Dario Saric for no free agent at the end of all of it? Do both of those guys leave because you keep getting killed by the Boston Celtics and so therefore you have nothing to show for it? And if Boston loses, let's say that Philadelphia finds a way to get over the hump. If Boston loses, does that mean Kyrie Irving leaves? That honestly might be the best thing for the Boston Celtics. It's really tough to say that when you lose a player of Kyrie Irving's caliber and you wonder if that hurts your chances of having Anthony Davis sign there long-term. If you trade for Anthony Davis, then that means you're giving up a lot of your assets, and that means who are you pairing Anthony Davis with? Let's say that you find a way to keep Jason Tatum, but you have to trade Jalen Brown, and you trade some of the picks that you have. That puts Boston in a pretty tough situation. And let's say that Anthony Davis might leave. We had all been waiting for Boston to finally be the team, not only at the top of the Eastern Conference, but the top of the NBA. Golden State can't shell out all that money to keep all of those guys. Kevin Durant leaves, and Golden State finally is vulnerable for the first time in four years. And Boston has all of these assets, and now Boston is coming. Well, now it looks pretty scary for him. So that would be a huge first-round series to see, and I, for one, would be here for it as well, as if the Charlotte Hornets would find a way to get to the sixth seed. And again, is why that Nets game was so big. And if they're able to beat Houston tonight, maybe you can find a way to steal that. That certainly would help you. But again, it just doesn't look like the Charlotte Hornets are in all that great of a position 
and they could have capitalized on a lot of moments this season that eventually they just weren't able to do. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back tomorrow to recap the Houston Rockets and the Charlotte Hornets game.